Welcome to The Square, your podcast from the Iowa League of Cities, bringing you current and important topics from around the state to your town square with our hosts, Mickey Shields, the Director of Membership Services, and Katie Wheeler, the League's Business Relations Coordinator. Our hosts bring you topics that matter to your town square. All right. Welcome back to The Square, Mickey. How have you been? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing welcome well. Welcome back it's, to yourself. Yes, it's hard to believe it's already <laughs> getting close to the end of May. I know it. I know it. And it feels like, I don't know about you, but it feels like it's Groundhog Day every day. You wake up yes. and you're like, what day is today? And what am I supposed to be doing? And what are the kids doing? And <laughs> Yes. It's wild. I totally agree. I think like everybody uh, out there, we're ready for some uh, return to normalcy. Um, even a couple days in the office sounds just luxurious at this point. I agree. Although I'm getting <laughs> kind of used to my home routine. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you have some home improvement work to share, don't you? Oh, yes. So I've been redoing my some furniture. Oh. I redid my kitchen table, and I'm redoing my one of my dressers in my room, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm going to just become a new a furniture person, yeah, well, whatever those that. people are called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll I mean, have I to send that... you a picture of it. Right, right. Well, we could do some work around here, so, you know, when you get done with that and hop over and polish up some of our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's been going on at the league, Mickey? Well, uh, yeah, a few things to, uh, to share with all the listeners out there. Uh, we're still uh, working remotely as a league, as a team. Uh, so the, the league office is basically closed. We still have a few staff going in to do some of the work that has to be done physically, uh, routing the mail and checks and things like that. But for the most part, we're all working from home, and we're—I think for them—we're uh, doing a pretty good job of that. We're still staying on top of things, but uh, it's probably not ideal. Just like cities out there have to have had to do closures, or they've had to do uh, tiered staffing or uh, split shifts, or whatever you want to call it. So it's—it's a—it's definitely a, a challenging time for everyone. Uh, so we're still working that way. I'm not entirely sure when we'll get back to having the office open or what that will look like. But um, we would just encourage everybody to continue to ask us questions as you normally would, whether it's something to do with membership services or if you have claims uh, on the workers' compensation side of things, uh, we're still at your service and we're still open uh, just like we were before. On the event side of things, we do have a few announcements to make, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen this uh, in League Weekly and on our website and social media. Uh, but the small city workshops, which are normally held in June at six locations around the state, they're going to be moved online uh, with three separate dates in June. So check our website for those dates. They will be held live uh, from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., but we're also going to record those. So again, uh, follow along on our website and registration is open uh, right up through the, the dates of, the, of the, the, the events. This year's topic is human resources management for small cities, and it's going to be presented by Lisa Mart and Dean Shea from IMWCA. Uh, they have a lot of experience with cities and uh, human resources and management. So it's going to be, a, I think, a great session for a lot of cities out there. Also, the Municipal Professionals Institute and Academy, also known as Clerk School, which is something that's been going on forever, uh, hosted by Iowa State Extension and the League helps support it. That is going, is, has been moved online and uh, a lot of city clerks and finance officers around the state 
uh, take part in that. Uh, it's, it's a great uh, training for new city clerks and finance officers, as well as veterans. To, uh, and so that's going to be done online. A lot of information's out there. But again, check uh, our website. Check with Sarah Shonrock, uh, who's uh, coordinating that for Iowa State, Iowa State Extension. And then lastly, uh, the annual conference. We're at this recording. Uh, we're still planning to be in Corville, September 16th through the 18th. Um, I will caution everyone that we're looking at the news every day and the, the social distancing guidance and orders from the federal and state governments. And we're hopeful that we'll be able to be there in Corville as planned in person and have a nice fun event and everybody can join us. Uh, but we're also aware that of the possibility of having to move that online as well, just given everything going on with the pandemic. Uh, if yes. we do switch gears, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly let everybody know, but we will do something. Um, not entirely sure what that'll look like just yet, but it'll be some kind of virtual conference because we know how important the education and training is with that event each year. The hard part, as Katie knows, is replicating uh, the exhibit hall and the networking that goes on, which is uh, in our eyes, and I think a lot of the at attendees' eyes, uh, is just as valuable uh, to get people together and, and share their, their thoughts and their stories and their collective wisdom. Uh, so that's something that uh, we haven't quite figured out yet either, right, Katie? That's right. We're working on it. And, you know, I'm crossing my fingers that we can go to Coralville because we haven't been there in 10 years I know and it. it's changed so much. And I really wanted them to get the chance to show off what is new there. So I'm crossing my fingers. But right. we're also, like you said, looking in. I have we've been looking into lots of different ways for exhibitors and for networking things. So mm -hmm. it'll be great either way. Yeah, we'll certainly do our best. And um, like Katie said, it would it'd be a shame to miss out on Coralville, this, uh, the transformation that's occurred in that Iowa River landing where the, the hotel is and conference center is at. Uh, but if we have to miss, I'm sure we'll get back there at some point so we can enjoy that and, uh, and be in that community. So uh, again, we'll definitely put information out there as quick as we can. Once a decision has been made, it should be here pretty soon. And we'll post it to League Weekly, the website, social media, so follow along. And again, ask us any questions you may have. Anything right. else going on? No. What's going on on the square today? All right. Well, uh, joining us this month is Allison Osweiler, who uh, serves as a city administrator for Strawberry Point. And uh, first of all, thanks, Allison, for joining us during this uh, kind of crazy time in all of our lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for, for inviting me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And uh, we should also mention that uh, in addition to her city duties, Allison is a league board member. So we thank her for that and uh, really appreciate her participation and leadership on our board. Uh, so let's get started with your background. Um, did you grow up in Iowa and where did you go to school and any of those uh, fun facts about you? Um, yeah, no, I did not grow up in Iowa. I did not have the privilege. Um, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in Southern California in a suburb of Los Angeles, actually. Um, and how left did we there. not know this about you? <laughs> I don't know. What suburb did you grow up in? Um, it's actually called Norwalk and oh, okay. it's about, I would say, you know, maybe 20 miles, uh, Southwest of downtown. Okay. Um, but it, you know, if you drive in in a car in Southern California you know, traffic, it'd probably take an hour to get, <laughs> yes. to get there. um, but I grew up there. I, my, you know, my parents are still out there. I have one brother that's still out there. Um, I went to, um, undergrad in Northern California, um, and then left California in 2004 and moved to Vermont for grad school. Wow. And, uh, I met 
uh, a couple that was actually from Iowa and they were there for the now husband of the, the couple of, uh, he started, he did one year of uh, his uh, law school career at the same school that I uh, did my, uh, I had, I went for my master's and, and, um, I just maintained my friendship with them. And then when I was looking to leave the state of Vermont and kind of move back West, I was recruited. And I always said, my friend Jen should have worked for like the Iowa board of something or other, because I would get like weekly or daily, sometimes emails and links to all the wonderful things <laughs> that Iowa had to offer. And so I arrived without having uh, set foot in the state in uh, 2007. And I, I, moved to Des Moines and that was there. Is, uh, yeah, that it's is kinda, amazing. It's strange how life, you know, takes its turns. <laughs> it sure is. That's, um, that might take the cake for all of our, uh, square interviewees on <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, maybe and... just this far. I'm sure people <laughs> Wow. Well, Southern Norwalk. California is a great place to visit. That's it for is. sure. Yeah. My sister so, lives out in California and she lives in Monrovia. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's super, it's fun to go visit, but it's always nice to come back to Iowa. It is. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's a great quality of life here for sure. Yes. Absolutely. So and you Allison, are now, did, uh, okay. Go ahead, Katie. Sorry. How did you get into city government? Um, so my husband and I uh, moved uh, from the Des Moines Metro to Strawberry Point. Um, in a, April of 2014, um, I was two weeks postpartum with our second daughter <laughs> and we moved up here to start our own farm. And, um, we had a couple of months, like kind of adjusting to life here. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in August I began looking for work, um, and there was an opening for, uh, the city administrator position here in Strawberry. And I kind of, I, I, when I was in Vermont, I had worked for the state for a couple of years, um, but I had never had any uh, government, like at a city level, a government experience. Yeah. Um, but I looked at my skill set um, and kind of the experience that I thought and thought that it would lend itself to that position. Uh, so I thought, well, you might as well just apply because you, know, right. you never know. Um, so then was interviewed and subsequently hired. Huh. So I started in September of 2014. Cool. And it's been all roses since, right? <laughs> it's definitely been a learning experience, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think I knew what I was getting into totally. You know, you can do your research. It's like with everything, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we've heard that from other uh, uh, newer city officials, city clerks, city administrators, where it's like, I really didn't know uh, everything that uh, went with running a city government. It's like, yeah, yes. and no matter the size of the city, there's just a certain amount of things you have to do. And a lot mm-hmm. of it's not very uh, glamorous or uh, you don't get a lot of pats on the back for it, but still very necessary. And what do you guys farm? Uh, we have uh, being, uh, beef, so we're like a cow-calf operation, so we have Angus mm. beef. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Was very your husband cool. involved in farming or did he grow up in farming? He in grew, his, so his, uh, my father-in-law and, and uh, uh, his wife are here. Um, in okay. this, you know Strawberry Point area, and um, he has on his dad's side of the family. Uh, his mother's side of the family is actually from here uh, originally. Is too they were outside of Elkader, which is a town north of here. So he kind of grew up here when he was in it, and as always, you know, been around his uh, dad's farm and cows in general. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they've had. So that in Des Moines, he was not doing that work, but you okay. know, um, it was kind of a, a, 
a change of pace for him. Um, but I truly believe that he's doing what he's born to do. He's he's great at it. Um, awesome. So that's yeah. great. So uh, some of our listeners may not have had the pleasure of visiting Strawberry Point just yet, but uh, how would you describe your community? Um, well, of course, you know, I'm going to absolutely recommend planning a trip post COVID, mm-hmm. you know, to <laughs> our fair city. We are home to the world's largest strawberry, which is fun, oh, yeah. super fun photo ops. I think Mickey, you and your family even may have posed with the, the strawberry <laughs> at one point or another. <laughs> we sure did. Through, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah. two summers ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're really close to Backbone State Park, which side note, they're celebrating the hundredth anniversary of that. It's the oldest, Iowa's oldest state park. Um, wow. Yeah, that's on my and, list to do this summer. I'm, yeah, so come you over should. to Strawberry it's Point too. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, we have great, great places to eat. Um, we just have a, it, it's we have a really great community. My four four years here, I've definitely seen as far as like our city government and that it, it's just moving in a really positive direction. I think everybody is working to keep our community vibrant and really to help it thrive. Um, we're very fortunate. We have a lot to offer, especially considering the amount of businesses and services for a small town. We're just blessed because there are many towns, you know, that don't have it. I mean, we have a hardware store and, you know, you know, car service and chiropractors and a grocery store. And, you know, so there's, there's, um, and the Franklin hotel, which is obviously historic in its mm-hmm. own right too. So yeah, um, just so many great things. It's a great town. Yeah. I was going to say the, um, it's like it's in a great location too for people who want to enjoy Northeast Iowa, which is um, a pretty popular tourist area. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to do up that way. So that was one of the reasons we stopped there. Is um, we we're heading up to I think uh, Harper's Ferry area. We're staying at the, uh, a cabin near the was a Yellow River State Park, but we wanted. I knew that uh, the kids would really get a kick out of the world's largest strawberry. So had to, had to do that. And <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a lovely community. I always heard good things. I think um, our old colleague, Cindy Kendall was the city clerk there at one point in time. She was. Yeah. yeah. So she always had really fond memories, just a great place. So, um, you know, something that's a little bit uh, more about city government, I suppose uh, <laughs> we're going to switch gears to what everybody's talking about these days. And that's the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's obviously impacted pretty much everything, including city government. So uh, what has your city done and, um, you know, closing facilities or uh, suspending program services, whatever, just kind of what's the response been for Strawberry Point? Yeah. So it, immediately we, you know, we, pretty pretty much from the get-go we start we closed our city hall doors uh to the public and our civic center um and some of those facilities that we have you know we kept in mind we really wanted to try to provide the highest level of service that we could still while keeping the you know the health and safety of employees and residents in mind um so we were lucky in that we have a kind of a larger office space and we were able to keep our office staff working. There's only two of us in the office and we are well over the social distancing guidelines. Um, And so we just pushed for, you know, um, conducting most of our business either via phone or email um, using a Dropbox for payments and kind of promoting our online payments um, public works employees, it, I think it was a little more difficult for them. Um, we're a small enough department there. There's only two people on public works too. Um, we didn't, I know that a lot of towns kind of did the split shift 
type thing where you know larger communities were able to have like teams that kind of did that. And that was a little difficult for us here. Um, so we just tried to increase our communication with our employees and um, about best practices, increased, you know, cleaning and sanitizing, obviously um, following all the, the guidance that came down from the governor and the Iowa Department of Public Health. Mm-hmm. Um, our library um, pretty much closed also. Their, their board kind of came together. Um, and, they, and it was kind of great because they, they still were providing um, services there too. Did, kind of did a contact-free pickup so where they could call the library and they have a little library for your area that they can put a book out for somebody to pick up. And so right. um, thankfully, we didn't have a lot of like major projects to delay or anything like that. A lot of our, our things were kind of small scale. So we were still able to move forward with that, at least at this time. Right. Um, right. But you know, right now we're still the pool and things of that nature. Everything is still up in the air and we're kind of still waiting on guidance for that. It's really hard to know what is next. Obviously we do not have a crystal ball, but (laughs) uh, can you share what your city is looking at for the future in terms Mm -hmm. of getting things back to normal? Yeah, I think, you know, we have actually have a council meeting tonight and we're going to be discussing, you know, um, opening the doors of City Hall again. Maybe, you know, maybe that'll be something like limited hours. Maybe we'll still be promoting contact free, you know, payments or things of that nature. Um, So that will probably be ease into doing that. Um, Maybe allowing people to rent the Civic Center again or utilize that depending. Um, I know that the library is kind of considering a soft open soft, you know, where maybe they let people in um, to be able to go and uh, pull their own books off the shelves and things like that and peruse mm-hmm. things. But, um, you know, maybe not sitting around using the computer or, you know, things of that right. nature. Like um, and it, or something. Yeah. And again, yeah. for like the pool and the park equipment and that we're, we're kind of looking at I know people are kind of chomping at the bit. They really want to be able to do that and take their kids down there. But so yeah. we're, we're hopeful, I think, and just trying to be as, uh, you know, cautious as possible, but also starting to get back to some normalcy. Yeah. The pool one in particular, a lot of people are talking about, of course, it's uh, we're recording here in late May. It's to the, the getting close to the time when a lot of municipal pools would open up, but it's still, uh, as of today anyway, uh, not allowed, yep. but um, maybe coming soon. But then there's a lot of concern about just, is that safe? And then there's a mm-hmm. lot of, I think a lot of citizens probably don't realize how expensive pool operations are. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Right. Right. Cities don't definitely do not make money off of that. Just in case we have some citizens listening, that is a, uh, <laughs> uh, generally a, no. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Uh, that's what your taxes well, I have are a for, house though. full that is hoping <laughs> that the pool opens. Yeah. Same you know, and I, I was thinking, you know, with, with that, there might be some, if, if pools don't open, you know, in your area, it might be fun to go back to a 1986, you know, summer where you're have the kiddie pool and the sprinkler in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. I don't we, know. Uh, we need to get a water slide out and put some soap on it and, you know, yeah. as the kids can go. <laughs> Yeah, my life. That's honestly, uh, we did talk about that yesterday about how this is forcing the kids to like have some summers like my wife and I experienced growing right, up. Exactly. Kicked a, kicked us out of the house and like it's a free for all. Like, go get creative. It's Mickey, fun. do you think you'll go down the slip and slide with the? Uh, soap? Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and then I'm going to file a worker's comp claim after I get injured. You know? <laughs> you know, usually I don't step in on this one, but Nikki, that ground is a lot harder than you think it is. It, it is. is. It, I, uh... it, it's a lot harder than you think it is. I did a yeah. slip and slide a couple summers ago. And <laughs> it, it's rough. I'm not gonna I lie. know. I don't know how uh, we did it when we were little. I don't either. I did it all the time. Okay. I, I was just, I'm in the same boat, Katie. I did it a couple years ago. We had one for or our kids that my, my parents had bought. And uh, it, it was a lot worse than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to see that on video, Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but it, I think it's coming because we're running out of things to do, you know. I got to, like, get creative. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, back to business, as fun as that conversation would be. But, uh, Allison, uh, a big item on everyone's minds right now in the, in the city government world, and really governments in general, is the impact to the budget. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things, and it's still early yet to really know exactly what it's going to feel like, but what are some of the things you guys are looking at as it relates to the city budget? Yeah, this is this is huge. And I don't even think that it's like kind of like when I started city government, I don't know that I we ne- everybody can grasp like how this is going to, you know, you can think about it. But um, I know that from our standpoint, we're I know going into this year, we're going to be moving forward pretty, pretty cautiously, I think, and doing a fair amount of analysis on on our expenditures and thinking about ultimately, um, you know, you can't restrict things so tightly because to a certain extent, you know, money greases the wheels. You kind of have to keep things moving. Um, But ultimately, um, you know, we're going to probably a greater analysis on, on those expenditures and whether or not it, you know, it's equipment or a project, if this is really necessary at this time, or Mm -hmm. can we wait? Um, You know, I I believe that's probably going to be our approach um, just at least initially. Yeah. I mean, I think deferred maintenance, deferred purchases is easily uh, the first thing that a lot of cities look at when there's in, in tough budget times or when there's a, a, a big change that was unplanned like this. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, then the other step or the other big factors, revenues, uh, local option sales tax, road yes. use tax. I mean, those consumer yes. der- derived revenues are the ones that are um, they haven't seen it just yet, it sounds like, but it, it's probably coming. And yes. And uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. That's definitely also, you know, and I, I know some cities, we do a portion of our local option sales tax. We, uh, we utilize for, you know, uh, our loan payment, our geo debt. And mm-hmm. so there's things of that, that nature that have to be considered as well. Right. Right. So yeah, on that point, I'll just quickly share with the listeners that the league has put together a, a fairly simple model uh, to, to try to measure your the impact of the revenue loss and expenditure reduction uh, possibilities. And we'll continue to look at this. Um, again, right now, it's a little bit too soon to have like uh, very firm estimates on anything that uh, may be seen when it comes to revenue loss, but uh, we are expecting something. So check that out. It's on our website. Um, Another question we had, and we kind of covered this a little bit, but what has it been like for you personally as a city administrator trying to manage an organization through a time like this, just some of the soft skills that are needed to help everybody get through it? Yeah, um, I think to be to be totally honest, at first there, were, I, there was a lot of anxiety. Um, sure. 
you know, people are looking to you for answers and it's a totally unprecedented situation. And Mm -hmm. you're kind of thinking, oh, wow, you know, (laughs) this is, this is something totally new. Um, In the early days, you know, I spent a lot of time and that maybe it's my personality too. I spent a lot of time doing research, listening to press conferences and things of that nature. Um, But, you know, and I wanted to take an opportunity to, to, to highlight how amazing the league was during this time, because as always, the league is always very supportive and thoughtful in their response to things. And I felt a greater sense of calm after, you know, having those early conference calls with the governor, key, key officials at the federal level, just it was very helpful that way so thanks for that um definitely um Mm -hmm. but going back to strawberry you know it it became quick you know quickly can became clear that our communication was going to be key um even more so with staff elected officials and residents checking in with each staff member on how they felt how they were you know what they felt comfortable with and getting that input back and forth and you know this also highlighted huge areas of, for improvement. You know, do we have an adequate plan in place for something like that? Um, for city staff, you know, we thought, okay, could can we easily work from home? Turns out mm-hmm. not as easy as we thought. Hmm. Uh, you know, so in some ways, there's good to come out of it in that going forward, there's some things that we can address to be adequately, adequately prepared for something if should it happen in the future. I definitely um, felt very grateful to my fellow employees and also for to our council because the council was very supportive of the staff at this time because they knew that we were the ones, you know, doing the day-to-day thing. So they were very supportive throughout this. And honestly, the staff, the staff and my fellow employees, their positive attitude, the, their sense of humor and, you know, the diligence in um, navigating this time, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't, you know, be working side by side with better people. So I wow. think they're, they're, you know, that was uh, helpful in that situation yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great to hear. This speaks how, uh, how important the culture is of an organization from the leadership all the way through the, the, the rest of the staff of building that culture of being together, being on the same team. So it sounds like you guys have achieved that, which is how you get through tough times like this. Definitely. I think Katie has one more All question. Right. Allison, on a one. personal <laughs> note, when things get back to normal, what's at the top of your list? Uh, road trip to Decora to Pulpit Rock Brewing Company <laughs> to sit on their patio. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, Decora is a great town. They have great beer. <laughs> so yeah. It's, yeah. I love it. There you go. Oh, that's a good that sounds one. Sounds amazing. Well, yeah, I you, think that's. Have you been able to get your? Do you get your hair done? You know, I go next Thursday. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that's been on, on the top of a lot of people's list. <laughs> <laughs> I actually gave my husband a haircut, and it didn't come out totally horrible. <laughs> I, I was, I was like, like afraid that I would be giving him a COVID haircut. You know, and then he developed into a meme. So, <laughs> yes. That is not on the top of my skill set. I, no. I've tried more than once, and I so I'm impressed that you made Thank it. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> wow. Well, we learned a lot today. I feel like <laughs> this is. We did. Yeah, from Southern California to Strawberry Point, 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you, Allison. <laughs> Not Thanks only for Southern California to Strawberry Point, but she also lives on a farm. Like that is, yeah. that's right. I know. Right? <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, thanks for joining the, the the square. We appreciate all your service uh, with, with the city and, and, of course, on the league board. Take care, and I hope uh, you know, hope everything gets back to normal here soon, and we can all get up to decor to drink some good beer and have some good times. Yeah, and end up in Coralville in September. That's right. Crossed. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take Hopefully care. Hopefully, we'll Thank see you. you soon, Allison. All right. Thanks. And we're back now with uh, our favorite monthly segment, uh, the Get to Know Your League interview. And this month we have Sarah Shonrock. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing pretty well. You know, we're trying Welcome, to survive uh, the pandemic. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to be here uh, virtually. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <we're>, yeah. <laughs> All remote trying to figure this out. Uh, it's, right. It has been interesting to say the least. So uh, to get yeah. started, uh, let's get uh, the, the formalities out of the way. What's your title, what you do for the league? And you're obviously uh, a little bit unique with the partnership with Iowa State Extension. So explain that if you could. Okay. So um, I believe my title with the league is Extension Program Specialist. Um, <laughs> but I think it changes every once in a while. Um, <laughs> Depends a, on the I, need. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm a program coordinator with Iowa State Extension and Outreach as well. Um so I have a dual em employment with both the league and Iowa State, and um, we work in tandem because I work for the Office of Local and State and Local Government Programs. So we work on all kinds of things together, um, the biggest one being obviously the Iowa Municipal Institute um, and Academy, mm -hmm. uh, which is, as I have found out more and more, really just referred to as clerk school. So all these <laughs> emails I'm sending out for, for MPI and MPA. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm finding out more and more that people call it clerk school and that I should just start calling it clerk school too. So. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, also, um, I'm also really, I'm trying my best here to get the newest version of the clerk manual out. And I really am hoping that it will be very, very soon. Um, I've been waiting on a chapter for quite a while, um, <laughs> but it, it hopefully will be out soon. The newest 2020 revision. Um, and I also have assisted with um, Municipal Leadership Academy for the league, uh, budget workshops, small city workshops. Um, so I kind of fill in here and there with the league. And then I also, you know, have the really big role of, of the Institute and the Academy. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And we've certainly appreciated. And I know that all the city officials out there do as well. Uh, so a little bit more about you personally, uh, your background, where did you grow up and go to school and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I'm originally from Ames. Um, and I, I grew up here. That. Yeah. So my <laughs> mom worked for Iowa State for 40 some years. And my dad was a contractor um, and owned his own business. And um, it sort of, I, I so I grew up here. I lived here until I was in my mid 20s. And then I decided to take a trip up to the Twin Cities. Um, and I lived there for uh, a decade, so I kind of moved around up there. I lived in Woodbury, and I lived in St. Paul, and then I moved in and bought a house in Egan, and then um, got really tired of driving a lot <laughs> um, and decided that, you know, I mean, my my dad had passed away a few years ago, and my mom was on her own, and I just kind of 
and, you know, I miss my family and I have more siblings than um, my husband. So we kind of just decided that it would be more fun to move back to our hometown because he's actually sort of a, a, a misfit roamer. He was born in South Dakota and lived in Nebraska and then lived in Iowa. And we met while we lived in Ames here. And then he moved up to Minnesota and I kind of followed him there. And then we decided to move back here. So, cool. <laughs> so Ames is sort of my, my hometown and it's sort of like, it's near and dear to my heart. So sure. yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, nothing like awesome. being in home at home. So makes yeah, a lot of sense. And I'll of course, tell you, when I, yeah. when I lived in Minnesota, I, uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time defending Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, us Iowans tend to do that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Right. Um, and I told everyone when I lived up there, I said, sooner or later, I'll move back to Iowa. And, and they said, good. And I said, yeah, don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we want to keep you it the way it is. You can Minnesota. <laughs> right, right. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Sarah, when you're not in the office, where can you be found? What do you like to do? Uh, recently, absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've actually found that I didn't do that much before, really. Like, I'm like, why don't we leave the house? And I'm like, well, where would I go? Target? Like, right. I know. Uh, you know, I mean, thank the um, Lord it's been open. Like, I, I know. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I know. I've had, I actually was not, I mean, because once um, my husband went back to work, he was, he was in the middle of doing an apprenticeship um for brick lane when this all started and oh so my. it kind of got shut down and then mm-hmm. he had a couple weeks off from work and we were all just stuck home together and then he went back to work um and i from then on was there here with the kids you know by myself so i didn't really want to take the kids in places a lot um so yeah. i did a lot of drive up and um just recently i got to go back to target and i was like oh yeah no i've still missed it here um so so target i guess so that's, no <laughs> that's your favorite activity is going to I mean, target. it must be right no Preferably um, without I, your kids you know if i didn't if i didn't have my kids and i wasn't stuck inside so much um i'm a really big fan of of you know new breweries and that kind of thing i mean one of the biggest things when we lived up in the cities was that was when the craft brewery stuff started you know so it was like you know, Minneapolis and, and St. Paul really like, exploded with like distilleries and breweries. And it was always fun to go and try, you know, the new foods and the new beverages and stuff. So, I mean, that's probably one of the things that I've missed that and just like getting outside. I don't do a whole lot outside, but, um, but my house is teaching me that I'm going to have to learn gardening probably a little more than I than I have in the past. So I think that's going to be my next hobby to take up. <laughs> well, that's a fun one. Okay. I think at least, I don't know if Mickey does, but I've um, told that it, yeah. I've told it's relaxing. So <laughs> I guess it depends uh, on who you ask, right? Right. Right. So uh, something we always like to ask just cause it's, it's, it's fun to hear how people come, you know, what kind of shapes them in their careers yeah. and in their lives. So what is the best career advice or just advice perhaps that you've ever received? You know, I think career advice, it was don't expect to take a path. Like mm-hmm. you'll never really end up where you thought you would. And it's so true. Like the way that I ended up um, at Iowa state, you know, was really a path that I never saw myself taking. And I really have to kind of, attribute it back to my dad because when I st- when I moved up to the cities 
a lot of the reasons that I sort of evolved into the next position and the next position was because I kept mentioning that my dad was a contractor and that when I, you know, misbehaved when I was, you know, a a young teenager that um, I was forced into doing contract um, labor. So (laughs) I would end up finishing properties and like doing finishing like trim and that kind of thing um, and roofing in the summer. I mean, just, you know, different things that sort of, so like when I went and applied to, to work at a real estate company, they were like, Oh, but you know, you know, houses. So that's great. Like, and I was like, do I, I mean, <laughs> you know, and then no because I worked at the real estate company, then I went into, you know, community development assistant with a, with the city of Burnsville up in Minnesota. And, you know, a lot of it was, they were like, Oh, you have, you know, a background in, in construction. And I was like, do I though? Like, <laughs> You know, but that, I mean, one thing led to another, I mean, which led to my, you know, my stint in, in the state doing the rehab loans and working with that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And then, you know, leading back into the city of Plymouth and then, you know, all of that sort of led to, you know, working in different areas and doing different things. And it led me here and back to Iowa state and, and working with the league. And, you know, it was just, I mean, it's been this, this, this ride that, you know, if you would have asked, you know, 20 something me, I would have said, no, that's not probably, I'm not going to get into community and economic development right. or city. You know, that's not, that's not what I had envisioned for myself, you know? So I think, you know, when I was very, when I was just about to graduate from, from Iowa state with my undergrad, one of my professors said like, don't, don't think you have a path because you just don't know. You don't know where your path mm-hmm. is going to lead you. So be open that is to good advice. Yeah, yeah, just be open to to whatever might come your way. And if it seems like that's the next plausible step, like take that step because it's going to lead you into something else, which is going to lead you into something else. And sure. you'll find yourself falling into that job that you really wanted originally that maybe you didn't know you wanted. And and that's exactly what I think I fell into right now. I mean, I love, wow. I love what I do. So I think that that was a really good piece of advice. And I held on to that. pretty, huh. pretty Yeah, that's cool. Well, that's yeah. a nice segue to our uh, final question, and that is, what do you enjoy about working at the league and Iowa State Extension, oh, for that matter? What, what don't I enjoy? No, um, <laughs> you know, I love I love the people I work with, and I also, I mean, I love what I get to do. I mean, we get to we get the 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 joy of working with all of these different cities and finding out all the the cool things that they're doing, and like knowing about all these these you know, just amazing things that are happening in our state that maybe don't even, you know, that fly under the radar 95% of the time, you know, but Mm -hmm. we get to hear about them and, and we get to celebrate their successes with them. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and just, I mean, I think even this, like this whole thing with COVID-19 has just showed us how resilient our cities really are. Right. And how, how amazing they do at, at reacting to things that you just can't even see coming and, and the amazing staffs that they put together and, and the things that they do to keep cities going. It's just, you get to see really amazing things and that's, you know, and, and getting to know these people and the things that, that they, you know, that they do. It's, it's amazing. It's a, yeah. it's a great feeling and it's great to, to watch it happen and see people and in, in their progress and, and really, you know, being part of like the Institute and the Academy, I mean, even with the online version this year in the virtual format, you know, I'm still really looking forward to those connections and those networks that we help, you know, that help get formulated at, at the Institute and the Academy. And those clerk niches, man, they are very important. 
Oh, <laughs> they yeah. keep a lot of those clerks going, knowing that they have each other. So, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Sarah, thank you very much for uh, taking some time and doing this from home <laughs> while we're all yes. remotely I'm working. And seven-year-old wasn't screaming in the background. <laughs> no, because... I know. We would all yeah, understand we're... if it was right? happening. We would <laughs> totally yes. get it. Yeah, <laughs> coming in for the code for the Nintendo Switch because right. it's gone off. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, no kidding. Well, thanks again, and uh, we appreciate everything you do for the league and Iowa State Extension, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks yeah, for joining thanks. us on the square. Yeah, thanks. Okay, well, hey, that's been a uh, uh, full podcast, and uh, we really appreciate Allison Osweiler and Sarah Sean Rock for joining us. A very interesting to hear from them and get to know them a little bit more. Um, as always, you can stay up to date with everything going on at the league with our league weekly e newsletter and legislative link, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Right, Katie? That's right. We're there. <laughs> well, we're there. Send an email to the square at iowaleague.org also. And uh, we'll catch you next month. All right. Looking forward to it. All right. See Bye-bye. ya.